days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people, all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Let us pray. Father, I thank you so much for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for your son dying on that cross to give us that ability. Father, the season that's coming up, we've turned it into a season of busyness. And as Sarah prayed earlier, we need to concentrate on what it's really all about. Father, I know that everybody in this church house understands it. I know. I know they know what Christmas really is, but do we really take the time to concentrate on that? Father, I apologize because I know I'm guilty of not doing that. We get so busy with work and business and gifts. Father, that's something that, um, again, we, we praise you for that. We praise you for the opportunity to have a season like that. But again, Father, we need to really concentrate on what it's all about, which is the greatest gift we've ever been given. Father, today you've given me a sermon that um, I had no idea I was going to preach earlier in the week. I love it when you do that. You give me confirmation after confirmation that this needs to be preached today. I praise you for that. And Father, I need, in this moment, I need you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I need you to take all distractions away, lack of confidence, lack of courage. Father, I need you to take all that away from me and replace it with your courage, your confidence, your boldness today for this sermon. And Father, I do, I just ask that you strip me of my flesh. This needs to be nothing but you today. This is a subject that could go everywhere. So, Father, I am trusting in you, and I'm trusting in the Holy Spirit to give me guidance through this. You have my word. I'm trusting you through that. Father, we ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. Every Wednesday here at the church, we have Bible study. And what we do is, whatever I preach the, the days, the Sunday before, or, or that Bojo preaches the Sunday before, is what we talk about in Bible study the following Wednesday. So by the way, if y'all ever, you know, if I'm up here and I'm preaching a sermon on a Sunday and you leave with questions, come back on Wednesday. Very laid back atmosphere, open conversation, uh, it's, it's excellent. Will Green does a phenomenal job at keeping us on track. I wasn't trying to, like, blow his head up over there or anything, but I'm just saying, he does a good job, right? You know what? Forget that. Y'all give Will a round of applause. Amen. <laughs> but this past Wednesday, <laughs> I didn't roll in here until about 30 minutes after it started. It starts at 7, by the way. Be here at 7. So it started at 7. I rolled in about 7.30 because Bojo came and talked to me, and we got talking about all kinds of stuff. And I finally told him, I was like, listen, man, I got to get some church on. So we came in here. And uh, when I came in, we, we were not here the following Wednesday because it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. We decided to give everybody a break. And so Will, God bless him, was trying to get two sermons 
into one Bible study, okay? So the last two weeks, we preached on how God speaks to us, the seven biblical ways, and then the following week, last week, we preached on how to discern if it's God actually speaking to you. Well, when I walked in, Will was trying to transition into the second sermon, but we got stuck on a certain topic, and we stayed on that topic until 8.10. We actually rolled over on that time. That topic was dreams and visions, and that is today's title. Today we're going to go, we're going to go into more detail, because I know we talked about this, okay, two weeks ago, it was one of the seven ways that God speaks to us biblically, dreams and visions, but we're going to go into more detail so you guys can understand it a lot more of how God communicates through those. I want to start with dreams. In the Bible, God spoke through 21 dreams, okay, 21 times he spoke to people through a dream, all right? Uh, he did this more, guys, than he did through angels. He spoke through dreams more than he did angels, more than he did visions, and then more than he did even his own voice, okay? So one of the main ways that God communicated in biblical times was through dreams. And Hebrew 13, 8, we talked about this last week and the week before, it tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So again, I'm going to repeat myself. If God will speak through dreams in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, he will do it today in the Now Testament. Amen? Okay, so we can agree upon that. It's time, guys, that we do wake up and we start to take our dreams a lot more seriously. And again, I think by the end of this, y'all really grasp this. I went and studied these 21 dreams. I literally went and read every one of these dreams in the Bible. And I noticed that all of these dreams can be broken into three categories okay so there's three types of dreams that that god will put on us or speak to us through and so these three categories i want to look at these real quick let's see the first one is dreams of instruction i want to go to job 33 15 through 16 we got a lot of scripture to go, you guys in a dream in a vision of the night when deep sleep falls upon men, when slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. So dreams of instruction. That's where I got this from this verse, guys. The perfect example of this is when an angel spoke to Joseph in a dream in Matthew chapter 1. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read verses 18 through 24. Guys, like I said, I got a lot of scripture today, so you might want to take pictures on your phone. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. That's a good man, right? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if some woman can't, you know, okay. I want y'all to really think about that, right? That's a good man, Amen. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. I'm glad he got some confirmation. You know what I'm saying? And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people for their sins. Verse 22. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, 
she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. When God gives you a dream of instruction, guys, he's trying to make sure you understand how to handle a situation that you're facing. That's what he did with Joseph here. He's trying to get you to make the right decision that lines up with his plan and his will. Okay? When I, was, uh, when I first started our, my business uh, 16 years ago, we literally started the business November of 07 and January of 08. A lot of y'all remember this, but everything tanked. Everything went south. Uh, the economy was terrible. People were losing 401ks and everything else. And I was struggling with the timing of us opening the business because we were struggling. I mean, we had just opened it. Literally all the money we had went into it. And then we went and borrowed a bunch of money. So I'm like, how am I going to afford to pay all these bills? And I was really struggling through this. And I had a dream. My grandfather, his name was Duncan Thompson, he was a very, very, very successful businessman from Atlanta. I, my grandfather and I were very close. He passed away when I was in the seventh, excuse me, the eighth grade. In this dream, my grandfather walks up to me. Now, I can't see anything really behind him. It's, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful color. I couldn't tell you what color it was. I can't explain that color. I'll be honest with you, I don't have words for it. But he walks up to me. He is probably the age 30, 35. But I know immediately it's him because I'd seen pictures of him before. And he looks me in the eye, and I can't say anything, by the way. I was trying to say something to him, but I couldn't say it. And he looks me in the eye, and he said, son, I'm proud of you. And I woke up. What that was to me was confirmation that starting that business was the right thing to do. And I'll be honest with you, that business transitioned into a ministry and then transitioned into another ministry and then now has transitioned into a church. If it's not for this business that I started 16 years ago, the walk through it, the people that I met, the, the things that God put me through, I'm not the man I am today preaching in front of y'all. But he spoke to me in a dream and he gave me confirmation and he gave it through my grandfather. And I want you to catch that. Y'all noticed I said my grandfather. We just talked about this earlier with somebody else, and I'm not going to bring it completely up because there's somewhere else in the sermon I want to talk about it, but God will use people that you are familiar with in dreams because he wants you to be comfortable. He wants you to see that this is God understands you. He has a personal connection with you. He knows who he can put in front of you, and, and it'll be comfortable. It, it'll make you feel like you're at home. And, and also, I want you to think about this. If he just sent somebody else that you really didn't know or understand, that'd be a weird dream. You know what I'm saying? But when he sends somebody that's a, a family member, a loved one, something like that, again, he wants you to be familiar with that person. That happens a lot. Happens a lot. The second type of dream that God will use to communicate with us is dreams of direction, not instruction. That was the last one. Dreams of direction. Let's look at Psalms 32.8. The Lord says, I will direct you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. He will give you direction. A great example of this, uh, this type of dream is when the angel spoke to Jacob in the book of uh, Genesis chapter 31. Let's go look at that, 31, 10 through 13. 
One time during the mating season, I had a dream. This is him speaking, obviously. This is, this is Jesse speaking. I saw that the male goats mating with the females were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then in my dream, the angel of the Lord said to me, Jacob, and I replied, yes, here I am. Verse 12, the angel said, look up, and you will see that only the streaked, speckled, and spotted males are mating with the females of your flock. For I have seen how Laban has treated you. He was being mistreated by Laban. Laban was trying to cheat him out of some things. I am the God who appeared to you at Bethel, the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made your vow to me. Now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth. Okay. God was telling Jacob it was time to go home. Okay. He was giving him direction of where to go. When God gives you a dream of direction, he's trying to get you back on track. He's trying to get you back on track. See, Jacob was off track, big time. He, go, he, he wants to do this to try and protect you from making the wrong decision, guys. Again, Jacob had been running for a long time. You know, he had cheated his brother Esau, and, and he left. Uh, and, and, and he was, it, it, the whole time he was gone, he kept messing up, and he kept messing up, and he kept messing up. And God was finally trying to tell him, okay, you've been running long enough time to go home many times you'll have a dream where you're going down the wrong path and he'll explain that to you in a dream he'll show that to you in a dream and, and what I like about here is he literally had an angel come and tell him but guys a dream of direction you need to take very serious very serious in fact I actually ask that if you're if you're struggling trying to make a decision on something Ask him for a dream of direction. Ask him for that. We're going to get into that here in just a minute on how to ask for those things. The third type of dream uh, that God will use to communicate with us is dreams of warning. We're going to spend some time on this one. Dreams of warning. So yesterday, my middle kid, Sadie, woke up, went in to see Amanda. I was at work, and she went in to see Amanda that morning. She said, Mom, she said, I had a dream last night. Like, well, what was it? She said, Well, she said, we were in this room, and she said, There was blue everywhere, and you came and told us you were pregnant. <laughs> For me, that was a dream of warning. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I want no stinking boys, to be honest with you. You know what happened to put up with all y'all's boys over there every once in a while? I've learned, like, I really enjoy my three daughters. Like, I really do. <laughs> Hebrews 12, 25. Let's go look at that. <laughs> Did I not give you that one? Oh, there we go. We run a little slow on the internet back there? Yeah, okay. Y'all give Nick a round of applause. He's struggling back there, man. He's trying. <laughs> y'all have no idea what happens behind the scenes, trust me. So that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him uh, who warned them on earth, much less we will escape uh, if we reject him who warns from heaven. So God will warn us, and again, he will do this in a dream. One of my favorite examples of this, and I, and I, I talked about this a couple of Easter's ago, is when Pilate's wife, was, uh, she had a dream in Matthew chapter 27. We're going to go read that. 27 through 15 and 19. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. 
This year, there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? He knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Let's go to verse 19. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him a message. Leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Pilate's wife was trying to warn him who Jesus really was. God showed that to her in a dream. Showed that to her in a dream. I want you to notice that she said nightmare. She said nightmare. She didn't say dream. You see, guys, many times we mistake warning dreams for nightmares. We do. because And, and the reason for that is we, we can't imagine a nightmare being from God, right? Like God is good. Why would he give us something weird and evil and scary in a dream, right? That's what... But we need to understand God will use whatever means necessary to warn us, guys. Whatever means. And yes, in some cases, guys, again, it's something that we think is a nightmare. It's what we think it is. I want to read, this is a great example of this. I want to read something from a certain man's journal that was dated April 11th, 1865. About 10 days ago, I retired very late. I had been up waiting for important dispatches. I could not have been in bed long when I fell into a slumber. I soon began to dream. There seemed to be a death-like stillness about me. Then I heard sobs as if a number of people were weeping. I thought I left my bed and wandered downstairs. There, the silence was broken by the same pitiful sobbing. I went from room to room. No living person was in sight, but the same mournful sounds of distress met me as I passed along. I saw light in all the rooms. Every object was familiar to me. But where were all the people who were grieving? I was puzzled and alarmed. What could be, what could be the meaning of all of this? Determined to find the cause of a state of things so mysterious and so shocking, I kept on until I arrived to the east room where I entered. There I met with a sickening surprise. Before me was a corpse wrapped in funeral vestments. Around it were stationed soldiers who were acting as guards, and there was a crowd of people gazing mournfully upon the corpse, or corpse excuse me, whose face was covered. Who is dead in the White House, I demanded to one of the soldiers. The president was his answer. He was killed by an assassin. Then came a loud burst of grief from the crowd, which woke me up from my dream. I slept no more that night, and although it was only a dream, I have been strangely annoyed by it ever since. Three days later, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. God was trying to warn our president at that time. We have factual evidence of this. I'm so glad that he wrote that in his journal. I'm so glad that Abraham Lincoln was a believer and allowed God to work through this process even though it cost him his life. I truly believe, and, and there's more accounts of Abraham Lincoln saying, in fact, the day before he passed away, he had a meeting with some of the cabinet members and his wife was there and he told them that he felt like he was going to be assassinated. 
But what I love about it is even though he knew that was probably going to happen, he took note of it. Not trying to get political, but man, I would love to have people leading our country again that have no problem having a connection with God like this. No problem. I'm going to stop right there because I ain't going to get all political. That's biblical, though. That ain't political. That's biblical. Again, guys, Christian warriors, it's time we wake up and start taking our dreams more seriously. Amen? Now we're going to talk about visions. In the Bible, God spoke to people through visions 16 times. Again, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So again, today, he will speak to us through visions. One of the most common questions I get from people about dreams and visions is this. What is the difference between the two? What is the difference between a dream and a vision? It's very simple. You're asleep when you dream. You're awake when you have visions. That's it. That's the difference. I, I, I'm serious. Like somebody asked me that the other night, and, and, and I said that, and I wasn't trying to be a jerk. And then I felt bad because I got home and I was like, well, I hope I'm right. So then I, I started studying all these dreams and visions and I realized that's the truth. Like, that's what it is. That's, there's, that's it. So it is biblical, okay? I want to look at a vision, guys, that uh, Cornelius had in Acts chapter 10. Let's go to Acts 10, verse 3. One afternoon, about 3 o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. The reason why I wanted to bring up this verse again, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. He's not asleep. It's a vision, and he had it during the day. You know, if he was asleep at three o'clock, we got a problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, he shouldn't have been asleep. He was not asleep at three o'clock, guys. This is a vision. This is how God works. It will be in the middle of the day when you are wide awake, and he'll give you these visions. Oh, I love talking about visions. We're fixing to really get into this. The entire book of Revelation, by the way, the entire book of Revelation was John given a vision of what was going to happen. It was not a dream. It was a vision. A vision. The whole book of Revelation. So I was asked, what is it like? What is a, what is a vision like? See, now God, God only spoke to me one time in a dream. I said it earlier. That was my grandfather. I've never, he's given me other dreams, but I'm talking about like literally spoke to me. Like he's given me symbolic dreams. Like he'll throw a number out there or something like I have to study on it. You know, those types of things. But visions, I get all the time. Okay. Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. I haven't had one in a while. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. But many, many times God has spoken through visions so so asked wednesday night someone asked what is it like how can you explain a vision it's trans like that's the best way i can describe it literally the visions that i've had i'll be driving down the road y'all be driving down the road and he'll give me a vision and i won't remember the drive until i arrive won't remember it at all so what a vision is, is it's where the spirit takes over. You're in the spirit realm, in the vision. Your body on earth, your earthly body, can continue to work. It can continue to do what it needs to do. It's like God's like, I'll take care of this. You come and take care of this vision. Y'all feel me? Okay. That, that's so it's trans-like. Like you, you just, it's almost a, you, you don't even know what you did when you had the vision. But your body, again, continues to go through whatever it needs to go through. 
So it's not like you're going to get a vision. Well, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to put God in a box, but I'm just saying, like, if you were doing, you know, if you were re-roofing a house, you know, he's, he's probably going to be like, all right, you need to pay attention to your body right now because you're three stories up. You know what I'm saying? But when you're driving down the road, it, it's like he can control that for you. Okay? I don't know if I explained that very well. well. We'll get into more detail. Another cool thing about visions, guys, is it's like deja vu. The very first Sunday, which will be four years in January, the very first Sunday that I stood at this church and preached, and some of y'all were here and you'll remember it, as soon as I walked up, I broke down. And the reason why is because I was looking out at the vision that he had showed me of the church. It was deja vu. It was the exact vision. Literally, the, the, the exact people in those places and so forth. It was a vision that he had given me months and months earlier. And, and that's such a cool thing when God will give you that confirmation of the vision. And he'll do that. He will do that. If he hasn't done it yet, just give it time. Sometimes it takes time. Because he's given me some visions that I haven't seen yet completely. You see what I'm saying? But I'd say half of what he's given me when I'm talking about, I'm talking about for this church, half of what he's given me for this church, we've seen. I've seen them. The exact same vision. He'll do that. He'll give you that confirmation. The main thing you need to understand about visions is this, guys. God gives them to those who are more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The more submissive and accepting you are to the Holy Spirit, the more likely you are to receive a vision from God, I've got biblical proof, proof to back this up. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2.14. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Everything I just told you just a second ago, some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Okay. Some of you are like, oh, I get it. Yeah, because you've had it. You've got that spiritual connection. We're going to get into that more in a minute. I don't want to get there right now. We're fixing to come back to that. Now, how do we know if our dreams and visions are actually from God? You need to be able to determine this, guys, especially dreams, because I assure you, not all dreams are from God. And the proof I have of that, who in here has had that dream where you're standing in public and naked? You know what I'm saying? That's not from God. Why would he give you that dream? That's just weird. So not all dreams are from God. Amen? There are five questions you need to ask yourself to determine whether a dream or a vision is from God or not. Let's look at these five questions. Does it line up with Scripture? If he gives you a dream or a vision, it's just like we preached on last week. You, you, you got to line it up with Scripture. If it don't line up with Scripture... He's not giving you the dream or the vision, okay? You, you, you either had too much to drink and had a crazy vision, or, or you had a bad dream. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so is it confusing? That's the second question. Is it confusing? 1 Corinthians 14, tells us that our God is not a God of confusion. He will give you what you need. You, you understand what I'm saying? It's not going to be confusing to you. And, and if, he, if it is a little confusing to you, then, then he'll put somebody in front of you that can help you with it. We're going to talk about that here in just a second, too. I keep going back and forth. I'm sorry. But is it confusing? Again, God is not a God of confusion. If he's giving you a dream, all 21 dreams, all 21 dreams in the Bible, they either woke up knowing what was going on 
or they woke up and God put somebody next to them that explained the dream. All 21, they all received confirmation, okay? So if it's from God, you're going to get confirmation. Do I have peace or conviction? Now, what I mean by that is, I might have worded that wrong, okay? I was going to say, do you have peace? But sometimes when you have conviction, you, you, you don't understand that that's a good thing, and you're like, well, I don't have peace. No, conviction's a good thing, too. So if you have this dream and you have peace about it, it's from God. If you have conviction, it's from God. Understood? If you don't have it, it's not from God. But you need to be able to discern, or excuse me, to discern your conviction. Okay? You know, like if you know, if you if you're, you know, if you kick your dog every day, you know what I'm saying? If you mean to your dog and then one night you have a dream and and, it, and your dog's like eight times bigger than you and he attacks you, that should be conviction. <laughs> you understand? Question four, is God's love present? Now, some of y'all are going to be like, now, wait a minute. Abraham Lincoln's dream, there was no love present there. Yes, it was. He was trying to warn him because he loved him. Is God's love present? If the love of God isn't present in anything in your life, by the way, it's not of God, especially dreams. And then will the outcome produce God's love? So, and why I said that is if it gives you a, a, a dream of direction, if you go that way, is God's love going to show up? You understand what I'm saying? Will it be produced? If not, it's not from God, okay? That's how you need to know your dreams and visions. That's the questions that you need to ask, but then you need to ask yourself, uh, or ask, after you ask yourself these questions, there's two things that you have to do after that, guys, and it's so important that you do it. You have to pray, number one, okay? God, is this from you? God, give me confirmation. God, I want to make sure that this dream that you did give me about this dog attacking me, that it, I'm supposed to quit kicking my dog. Like, you want, that you want that confirmation, guys. So you pray about it. God, is this truly from you? Y'all, you have not because you ask not. Ask him. He'll tell you. He'll show you. He'll give you that information. And then number two, if he doesn't give you the information, if he doesn't give you confirmation, you seek counsel. You seek counsel. There are dream interpreters and there are vision interpreters. There are. It's biblical. Joseph, Daniel, that's what they did, guys. And I promise you, we got them right here in this church. I promise you. So if you're struggling with a dream and you're not getting confirmation, come to the church. Talk to us about it. We'll put you with the right person that has that gift. That is a gift, guys. It's a gift. And, and you know, I know we got a lot of visitors here today, and y'all probably think, man, this dude is weird. You know, he's talking about dogs and dreams and visions and drinking too much and having all this crazy stuff, you know. And then we had a past, uh, associate pastor talking about, you know, couldn't put something, you know, whatever. <laughs> but one thing I can promise you at this church is we are big believers in spiritual gifts, and we use them. If people's got them, we use them. I, and if they think that's crazy, guess what? I don't care. If they think we're out of our mind, we are because we're in the spirit. I mean, I'm just being honest. Guys, God tells us, or excuse me, shows us so many times in the Bible where he takes people with gifts and they help so many people. The church needs to do that. They need to do that. It's not, amen, it's not done enough. Guys, we literally, just in this church alone, uh, Will Green's excellent at it. Don Spadafore is excellent at it. God's even given me a gift of it. 
I love it. When people come to me with dreams and, and they come to me with visions, I, I love it because it, it's, like, um, it's like putting a puzzle together. And God, listen, I'm, I hate puzzles. I hate them. But I love dreams and vision puzzles. I love those. I love to help people, disciple people through those things. God's given us a gift for that. And if you have that gift, by the way, and you know you have that gift, and you ain't come to me yet, quit being selfish. Quit being a selfish Christian. Come talk to me. Let me know you got the gift. Now, I'm going to test you with it. I'm going to test you. I'm going to make sure you ain't just saying you got the gift, and, you know, you say something crazy. I'm going to test you. But if you got the gift, let us know, because we'll use you. That's what this church does. We'll use you. Now that we better understand dreams and visions from God, the next question is, what do we do with them? What do we do with these dreams and visions? The first thing you need to do is write them down immediately, especially dreams. God wakes you up in the middle of the night, you better write it down. Because I'm telling you, you're going to go back to sleep, you're going to wake up, you ain't, ain't going to have no clue what the dream was. You have no clue. I can't tell you how many times he'll give me, again, he's only spoke to me once in a dream where it's been like a person. I told you all that story. But then so many times it's symbolic stuff. And uh, he'll give me those dreams and I'll wake up. I'll never forget one time it was 2-10-3. I'm like, what the crud is that? Well, I woke up. I'm tired. You know, I just grabbed my phone, put in 2 10 3. Well, then the next day I went to my Bible. I went to the second book in the Bible, you know, that chapter and that verse, and I, I read it. And I was like, well, that didn't really give me anything. And, but the thing is, I still have those in my notes. There's a reason he gave me those numbers. And at some point, it's going to show up. I'll be like, oh, there it is. You see what I'm saying? Write down your dreams and your visions immediately. Immediately. Don't forget them. Ask God if the dream or vision is just for you or if it needs to be revealed to others. You get a dream or a vision, especially if it's about somebody, don't just run to them and tell them. Ask God, do I need to reveal this? Do I need to reveal this? Before we started the church, um, I was, uh, I, I was, we were opening another location in our business, and I was driving up and down the road a lot, and I was taking, y'all know this, the, the road from Gilmer, Texas to Atlanta, Texas, 155. And I was taking that road every day. It goes right over Lake of the Pines, okay? Uh, so anyway, I got a phone call one day at work. Uh, this guy <laughs> calls me, he says, he says, Micah, he says, man, I got something I need to tell you, but I really don't want to tell you. Well, that's not how you start a conversation. And I was like, all right, brother, well, I mean, listen, you know, what is it? And he just kind of said, oh, I just, I can't tell you. I just can't tell you. And, and then he said, you know, I hate it when God does this to me, gives me things, I got to go give it to people. And then that's when it hit me. I said, now, wait a minute, are you telling me you got a vision or a dream from God that you need to tell me? You got a word from God you need to tell me? And he said, yes. And I said, you go right ahead. I'll accept it. And he sat there for a second. He said, it ain't good. Almost hung up. And I, 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 I literally said this on the phone. I said, you may not think it's good, but it could be a warning. I said, go ahead and give it to me. He said, all right, Mike. He said, I don't know why. I have no clue. And this man had no idea, no clue that I was driving up and down 155 all the time. And he said, you're on Highway 155, right before Lake of the Pines. You get in a wreck. 
There's two white vehicles involved. There's an 18-wheeler and a white truck. And, and he said, that's all I can give you. And he gave me the number 310. And I'm like, is, is it 3 o'clock, you know, 310 in the afternoon or what? You know, and, and I ain't going to lie to y'all. After you gave me this, like every time I drive down that road, it, I didn't go down at 310. I'm just going to be honest with you. And I was always looking for a white 18-wheeler and, an, and a white pickup truck. I promise you I was. But he told me all this, and he said, you get in this wreck, Micah, and, and, and you die. So I asked him, I said, man, did you have any idea I've been driving up and down that road? No. The other thing he didn't know was days before that, I was driving down 155, texting and driving, and I ran off the road. It's a dream, and it's a warning dream. And he knew that that needed to be given to me. Will Green, I love you, and I thank you for that. I thank you for that. I always tell him, that he saved my life because I wasn't taking it that serious. I wasn't. I can text and drive, no big deal. I can talk, text, it's no big deal. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't pick up my phone no more like that, especially on 155. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I get on 155, I just put, it's over another seat. So if you text me or call me on a Tuesday, don't call me at 310, but if you call me <laughs> and I don't answer, it's because I'm going over, over Wright Patman, I mean Wright Patman Lake, excuse me, Lake of the Pines, okay? That's where I'm at. Will Green, I love you. Thank you for that. We use these gifts, guys. We use these gifts. That's what we're supposed to do. Okay, so once you figure out if it's for you, just for you, if it's for somebody else, okay, well then you need to pray about the timing, the timing of it. See, I, Will prayed about the timing. Will probably got it five or six days before that, but I ain't texted and drove before that. See what I'm saying? So he prayed about the timing. He got the timing right. That's very important. Never reveal a dream or a vision prematurely. God will always tell you when it's time, guys. He'll always tell you when it's time. Carrie Parr just came and talked to me this morning. Had no idea I was preaching on dreams and visions today. And she stopped me on Wednesday night, and she said, Micah, if I could come into the study, I want to visit with you. And me and Bojo were sitting back here. We were visiting, and Carrie walks in, and she says, I have a dream that I'm supposed to tell you. Y'all tell me God don't know what he's doing. Isn't that cool? I love watching God work. So Carrie comes back here. She tells me this dream, and I'm not going to go into full detail of what it was, but I'm going to talk about the part that I needed. I stood on this stage probably a year ago. I preached a series that was called What Every Christian Ought to Know, and I talked about one of the sermons was what is heaven like. And biblically, in heaven, you and your spouse are not married. That's your brother or sister in Christ. Y'all, I struggle with that. My wife is my best friend. She's my world. And you're telling me when I go to heaven I can't have her? Listen, y'all, I, I fight with God over this. I'm telling you. Because I tell him, I'll be like, there ain't nobody else I want to be with up there. Like, that's who I want to be with. And I really struggled with this, guys. And I said from the stage that I truly believe that, yeah, we may not be married, but we'll know each other. We'll have a connection. We'll have a relationship in heaven. We got kids together. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's just, that, to me, that was a Micah-ism. That's what I felt. Okay? That's what the Holy Spirit put on my heart. Nothing biblical about that. Y'all make sure y'all understand that. But Carrie comes to me, and she says, Micah had a vision. She was in heaven. She was in God's house. It was really cool, by the way. I'm not going full detail. That was a really cool story, by the way. Like uh, the windows and the colors. and it was, Oh, it was so cool. Carrie, we need you to tell that story one night on a Wednesday night. But uh, she said, I just want you to know, 
she said, I saw my aunt and my uncle together. And she said, that's what God told me to tell you. That gives me great joy to know that I will know my spouse in heaven, that we will have that relationship. That's about timing. That's so important, guys. Pray on the timing of when it needs to be done. Number four, you got to have the courage and obedience to follow through the dream or the vision. You have to have it, guys. Before we started the church, a lot of y'all have heard this story before. God gave me a vision of the church. And the vision was driving down interstate. And there's this kind of older looking church, but new church, sitting up on a hill. It's white in color. Gives me this vision. Well, about three years ago, we were in Branson, Missouri. And um, we were at this resort. Can't remember what it's called. But uh, I was, I, that's back when I ran. I was stupid. And I was jogging a lot. And I was, I was trying to, you know, stay in better shape. Now I don't care. I just eat more. But I was jogging. And I came across this little chapel. And what's cool is, is I always try to explain to people what this church, the vision of the church, looked like. The vision of the church was it was, like I said, it was an older looking style. It was white in color, had a steeple, and it had a big front porch with rocking chairs on it. Nick, pull up that picture. Y'all, I broke down and started crying. I'm just here to tell y'all that the vision God gave us looks like this. Obviously, it's going to have to be bigger. We can't fit in there. <laughs> but I, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I always think about one day, this is what's going to happen. See, one day me and Bojo are going to get real old, okay? And we're going to have to retire from preaching. And they're going to be two young punks in here preaching, right? And me and Bojo are going to be sitting in them rocking chairs out front, <laughs> just chilling. You know what I'm saying? Drinking her coffee. You know, Bojo might have something else mixed in there, but I'll be drinking my coffee. <laughs> Guys, but all kidding aside, God gave me confirmation of the vision. I've never seen a church like it, never been able to explain exactly what it was supposed to look like, and then he shows it to me. One day, guys, one day, we're going to be driving down interstate out here. Am I pointing in the right direction? Yeah, interstate <laughs> out here. And you're going to see a church like this sitting up on a hill. You're going to see that. And then you'll be sitting in it. Amen? Amen? Guys, you've got to have confidence in the vision, by the way. When God gives you a vision... Don't, don't, don't walk away from it. Be confident. Be confident in that vision. You know, that's the thing. We could, guys, we can have church in a barn, right? We have church in a barn. That's fine. But when God gives you a vision, you go after the vision. When he told Nehemiah to go build the wall, he told him exactly how to build the wall, exactly what it was supposed to look like. God's given us a vision. We're following it. Amen. And I love that we got leadership and people in this church that understand it, and they love it too. Follow the vision. 
If God is not speaking to you through dreams, again, you need to ask him for them, guys. You have not because you ask not. If you're struggling with this, I want you to think about something, guys. God speaks to us through peace, correct? Correct? Okay. God speaks to us through peace. In a 24-hour period, when is the most peaceful time of it for you? When you're sleeping. So not only will God speak through peace, that's what he wants to speak to, but he wants to talk to you in your dreams. So just ask for it. That's the most peaceful time for you. And I'll tell you this too, man. If you ask for it, he'll start wearing you out with it. I mean, wearing you out with it. Y'all think I'm crazy. I'm telling you, just do it. Just ask for it. I, I dare you. Now, if God is speaking to you, well, let me, let me add this. Really, I'm, okay, I'm sitting here kind of joking, but before you go to bed, ask him. God, speak to me in my dreams. Speak to me tonight. Even if you're not seeking answers, just ask him to reveal something to you. Ask him for it. Before you go to bed, ask him for it. Now, if God's not speaking to you, or excuse me, if he is speaking to you through dreams but not visions, there's a reason, guys. And God showed me this in Scripture. I want to go to 1 Corinthians 2.14. We were just there. We're going to look at it again. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. If you want to receive visions from God, guys, you've got to break. You've got to break. You're not going to see a vision unless you are consumed with the Holy Spirit, have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and are obedient to it. John proved this to us in Revelation. He said that he saw a vision in the Spirit. He was in the Spirit. So like I was telling y'all earlier, I about be driving down the road. My body's driving me. He's getting me there so forth. John was sitting in a cave, wide awake. And God took him from the earthly realm to the spirit realm. And I need you to understand something. There's never a better feeling in this world. It's not in this world. There's not a better feeling. God wanted me to tell y'all this today. When it comes to visions, he wants to give it to you. But it's your fault you're not getting it. You have to have that relationship. And I'm not talking about this now I laid me down to sleep junk, okay? I'm talking about on your knees, breaking, crying, being submissive to whatever it is that he wants to give you in that moment. Guys, that's when he'll give you visions. If you haven't received visions from God, you ain't broke. You ain't broke. The biggest time that I get visions is when I am consumed in the Spirit in worship. When I'm in worship, that's as close as I get to God. Now, I, I can pray all day long. I can speak in tongues all day long, pray in tongues all day long to my Father in my heavenly prayer language, right? I can do that. But I'm telling you right now, I'm just telling you all this from personal experience. 
the times that he has spoke to me is in worship. This church was a vision in worship. He gave me a vision of the people that were supposed to be here, by the way, in worship. The vision of the interstate in that church during worship. Every vision that he's given me has been when I'm in worship because that is when I am at my most vulnerable state to the Holy Spirit. Completely give him everything. Nothing else matters. I soak it in. And he just starts giving me visions. Now again, y'all may think that I'm foolish. But if you do, I want you to read that verse. Anyone that has experienced a vision understands what I'm talking about right now. And I know there's a lot of y'all know what I'm talking about. I want all of you to know. I want everybody in this room to have the feeling that I had and that I have. And I want to go back to that and I'm going to close with this. Am I going to close with this? Well, I got one more thing and then I'm going to close with this. <laughs> Keep in mind, God will show you your vision, but he will never show you how you're going to get there. He wants to see if you have faith in the vision. I should have closed with that. That was really good. <laughs> Guys, I hadn't had a vision in a long time. Not going to lie to you. And didn't really even realize it until I started studying for this sermon. So yesterday morning, early in the morning, I'm sitting there putting this sermon together and it hit me. I haven't had a vision in, in over a year. And I immediately, I'd read this verse. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm not as consumed in the spirit as I was. And I just started apologizing to God. And I'm going to tell you what he told me. He said, no, you're living that vision. You, you still hadn't completed some of them that I gave you. You stay where you're at. But this is, this is where he hit me. He said, but you need to quit worrying about you getting visions and start teaching that congregation how to get visions. I apologize to y'all because this is not something I've gone in depth with. And it changed my life, y'all. It changed my life. Visions changed my life. You're sitting here because of a vision. This building, this church is not here without a vision. I want all of you to experience it. And you can. You can. 